on Bullseye this week, Tina Fey on creating unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, 30 Rock, and being the best at everything. There was a window of time when we would just go to awards things and pick up our prizes and party with the people from Mad Men. That's this week on Bullseye for MaximumFun.org and NPR. From NPR Music, this is Alt Latino. I'm Felix Contreras. In mi tierra veracruzana, solo quiero tomar café. Un poquito de azúcar y caña, pa' ponerme a mover los pies. Mexican vocalist Natalia Lafuercade is on the kind of creative run that will become a defining moment in her career. Her new album, Un Canto para México, is a stunning musical statement that is both a celebration of Mexican folk music and just the right kind of musical balm we need these days. If you've been a fan of hers, you've watched her pivot from being a more pop-oriented singer to becoming a musician with a deeper appreciation and fascination for acoustic folk music from throughout Latin America and specifically her home country of Mexico. We've also watched her go from winning a Latin Grammy for the Best New Artist in 2013 to winning a Grammy in 2016 and for the last two years, she's won the best folk album Latin Grammy for her album Musas and Musas Volume 2. But it's not the awards that impress when considering her music. As we'll hear in this week's show, Natalia Laforcade is a deeply sensitive and immensely creative vocalist who surrounds herself with like-minded musicians who can help her produce the kind of art that we're going to feature in this week's show. We're going to hear lots of music this week, and we're starting with the track Mi Tierra Veracruzana, the title reflects the album's deep dive into the Mexican folk form known as Son Jarocho from the Gulf state of Veracruz. Coming up, an interview with Natalia Laforcada, but first, let's set the mood with Mi Tierra Veracruzana.
Natalia Laforcade, thank you so much for joining us again on Alt Latino. It's a pleasure to have you back, and this time from your home near Veracruz, Mexico. So gracias para estar con nosotros. No, thank you so much. Muchísimas gracias también. It's, it's my pleasure. The record is so beautiful. Mm. The record is just an amazing step forward from what you did with Musas and it seems like when we talked last time about Musas, it was a, a chance for you to get back to the roots of traditional Mexican music in general. But this time it was it's very specific to your home tierra, your home region. How did that come about? Is this part of an evolution of you to rediscover your roots, tus raíces? Well, first, I feel very happy that you liked it and so proud of, of this piece of music that we made. I think that it is the way it is because it's music made by a whole community. It's not only me. It's many great musicians and artists all involved in, into this piece of music. And... Also, the magic thing about this project is that it wasn't going to be a, an album. It, it was supposed to be only a concert, you know, like a concert that we had to raise funds. And this is the reconstruction of the Centro de Documentación de Son Jarocho, a very important place for, for music and culture here in Veracruz that was uh, damaged by the earthquakes in 2017. So it's a whole cause behind this project. And while we were preparing the concert, we said like, we shouldn't leave this only in a concert. Like we should actually put it in an album. And then we had so much music that we decided to make two volumes of this project. <laughs> and it's, it's beautiful because of the purpose behind. It's beautiful because of the art and the musicians and the artists around it and the way it all happened. For me, it's, it's like a gift that life and the universe brought to me. It's a very similar story that you told when we talked about Musas and that it was just supposed to be something and then it ended up being this an outpouring of amazing music with amazing musicians. And you ended up with two volumes of Musas también. Yeah, actually, it's funny because, yeah, um, in this album, we have, you, you can listen to music that was part of Musa's, that was part of Hasta la Raiz, that was part of Agustin Lara's music as well. So it seems to be like the conclusion of all these different projects that I've been through, all these different projects that have been preparing um, myself to be able to come now and sing a song like El Balajú or like Serenata Huasteca, which are very, very traditional songs from Mexico. And that probably before I wouldn't been able to interpret it because I wouldn't even know how to approach them. But because of I've been getting closer to these changers and to, to these influences, it is that maybe this time it was easier for me like to find my own way of approaching this music. This is El Balajú Serenata Huasteca from Un Canto para México.
Natalia, talk to me a little bit about your earliest days listening to music. Uh, like most people, you probably heard maybe a little bit of pop music, but also some traditional music. What were you? What were some of the earliest sounds that you heard as a, as a young child? The first music that I was very moved by, because of my parents and because they come from the classic world, it was all the time classic music at home, you know? Like, I was listening a lot of Bach, Beethoven, Mozart, Debussy, este. But then I became a big fan of interpreters like Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, Nina Simone. Mm, I was listening a lot to Bjork, to Fiona Apple, to P.G. Harvey, of course, like pop music, like Michael Jackson, like Whitney Houston, all those stuff also, like was very like into that. Until I I ran into Agustin Lara's music and then I just started listening to more music in Spanish and trying to find music from Mexico and Latin America that I would like. That was the moment when I started listening more to more like Violeta Parra, Mercedes Sosa, Tonya La Negra, La Lupe, Simón Díaz, to Brazilian music as well, to Caetano Veloso, to Gilberto Gil, Eli Regina, different artists that I was more like into, but that were more from Mexico and Latin America. So a little bit of everything, really. <laughs> that is a whole lot of everything. Yeah, really, I can tell you that I like music. There's a common story among, not just among musicians, but among people who have really a, a strong passion for music. They grow up with a certain, hearing a certain kind of music, and usually from their parents, like myself. I'm Mexican-American from California. So my parents, you know, they listened to American music. They were born here, but they also listened to my mother, especially mariachi, corridos. But as a kid, 10 years old, I would change the radio in the morning and listen to Jackson 5 and, you know, music from the 70s. And I sort of rejected that music. And it wasn't until I got older and appreciated both my culture and the nuances and the songwriting and the passion of the music from mariachi, from all the songwriters that you mentioned, that I began to accept it. Did you go through a period like that when you said, no, that's... That's old-fashioned music. Mm -hmm. I want to hear modern music. Mm -hmm. Of course, yes, I did. Yeah, I think we all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there was a moment I was more attracted to singing, actually, to singing in English, which wasn't my language. But I was more like, oh, maybe I can, I can try and see if I can go and sing in other countries and. I don't know why, but I was thinking that way. I was too young. And I wasn't seeing like how close to something like very rich I was, which was my proper culture and people and music and all the stuff that we have in my country. Eventually, I was like, maybe I can get closer to all that richness around me and take different influences from my roots and from my people, from my music, and put all that into into my my own music you know and try to find my own way of expression and to find my own way to to put it out no so that's what i eventually was able to do to value 
all these different things that we have that before I wasn't paying that much attention. Let's hear another song. Uh, one of the ones that immediately jumped out to me was the song Veracruz. Tell us a little bit about that song, who wrote it, and why you included it on the album. The composer of Veracruz was Agustin Lara, which is one of my favorite composers. I actually made a whole album as a tribute to his music. And yeah, Veracruz was that song that I wasn't able to put into that album. And I listened a lot to that song on Tonya La Negra voice. Of course, she's a great singer, so I was hoping to be able to have a very beautiful version of that song that shows through the music the beautifulness that we have in Veracruz. And I grew up in Veracruz, I live in Veracruz. Veracruz is one of my favorite places here in Mexico, so... And I love the, the first two lines. Yo nací con la luna de plata y nací con... Un alma de pirata. That is beautiful and so powerful at the same time. Yeah. This is the song Veracruz from Natalia Laforcade.
Natalia, you've talked about Son Jarocho. Something very curious has it happened here in the United States, which I'm sure you're aware of. In Southern California, probably within the last 10 years, maybe a little longer, there are a number of groups made up of Chicanos or Mexicanos who have lived here for a long time here in the United States on this side of the border, throughout the Southwest, actually, all through Southwest, taken to Son Jarocho as, as a way to reconnect to Mexico and, and their own roots but also as a way to resist, as a political statement. I have friends who have studied and even achieved their PhDs looking at Son Jarocho as a, as a sound of resistance. So it's taken on a whole new appreciation for Son Jarocho. Have you heard any of that? Have you tapped into that? And what do you think of this rebirth of Son Jarocho with these groups throughout the Southwest? And they're all younger musicians like yourself. Well, that was one of the parts that made me love this music and this gender so much and that make me feel so attracted and so willing to learn even more. I feel like I know very little about this. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the moments that I fell in love with this community was when I went to the Seminario of San Jarocho that they give once a year in Luna Negra. And there is a moment where many people from the community of Jaraneros come to this area, to, to Haltipan and to Luna Negra, and they get together, they make the fandangos, they share music all day, all night. It's a beautiful thing. And for me to see all these young uh, people like loving so much this music, it, it gave me hope for how things can change in our societies in, and in our country. Like to see how they love their roots and how they love uh, their music, their own thing. It's, it was just like, wow, I didn't know we have this. And I didn't know that there were so many people so proud and so open like to share. And that was one of the reasons that I wanted and that I said, I want to be part of this. I want to learn more. I want to bring this influence into, into my music and to see bands and people like Los Cojolites, but also like younger musicians, new musicians like... El Quinto Cerro, like Flor Dubero, eh, bands like Los Vega, like uh, Son de Madera, eh, like El Mismo Mono Blanco, eh, to see all these people like working this music and sharing this music is so inspiring. That leads us perfectly into the next song I would like to play, Sembrando Flores. Tell us about that one. What does the title mean, first of all? Translate the title for the people who don't speak Spanish and then tell us about the song. Sembrando flores will be uh, planting flowers, putting flowers on, on the earth. Sembrando flores, it's one of my favorite tracks by Los Cojolites. 
It's probably one of the songs that they play the most because many people love this one. Me personally, it's one of my favorite. It has a lot of poetry in the words that it uses. It's really about life. It's about like having a good life like and living a good life. Mi mamá me dijo que sembrara 
You're listening to Latino. We're having a conversation with Natalia Laforcade, who's in her home in uh, Veracruz, near Veracruz, Mexico. Natalia, again, thanks for joining us. Let's talk about some of the musicians that are uh, on the albums. Tell us about some of the musicians and some of the guest artists that are on the record that help you make this, this beautiful album. There are many artists singing and sharing the music on this album. We have a mariachi juvenil de Tecatitlan, which is one of the most important things to say because all the music has a lot of this traditional uh, music from Mexico. It goes like from ranchero to bolero, cumbia, norteño, the influence of San Jarocho. We have Carlos Rivera. We have Leonel Garcia singing a Juan Gabriel song. We have Jorge Drexler singing Para Que Sufrir. We have Emmanuel del Real Meme de Café Tacuba singing Lo Que Construimos. We have Panteón Rococó eh, in Un Derecho de Nacimiento. And also Los Cojolitas in many different tracks of the album. The arrangements and all that, it comes from Los Cojolitas. Natalia, I have just one last question for you. Um, you know, I'm sure there was no way you could have planned this, but uh, with this lockdown around the world, I'm hearing from friends, and I'm going through this myself, of a little bit of self-examination, of uh, going within because everything else is so locked out, just thinking about our lives, mm. thinking about how precious life is, first of all, and then thinking about our lives and who we are and, and how we got to these places where we are in our lives, in our careers, with our families. Um, it's, an, it's a very big existential moment, I think. Totally. And, this, and this album is perfectly suited for that because as you've been saying all along through this interview, it was a re-examination of identity as a Mexican, as an artist, it's a perfect companion, this album, to what we're going through right now. And there's no way you could have planned that. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that at all? Has anyone pointed that out? Because it, it just struck me when I listened to the album over and over. She's speaking to this moment right now that we're living through right now, all over the world. Yeah. I, I didn't prepare that, really. I didn't know we were going to go through this situation right now. I also believe that as human beings, we needed, we needed that so much to value all those things about life. We were just going too fast, you know? I, I feel like the universe was just saying, please, people, stop. Stop it. Stop. Go inside. Think about the way you're living your lives and what it's important for you now because... There are many things that are even more important that we are not even seeing. And it was important to be closer to our houses, to be closer to like more inside ourselves. And there was a moment I was, I was thinking, maybe it's not the right moment for us to release an album because there's so many things happening in the world and it's weird just to say like, hey, I have a new album, hey, listen to it, listen to it. But then I was like, maybe I should do it because the music, it's so powerful and it has this magic thing that heals, heals the spirit, heals our souls. 
our hearts and it has so much from everyone who put something into it it's not only me it's many many people and many different things there that i've said no let's let's release it and let's share it and let's see if this can make people travel and make people think and feel and be alive during this time so it makes me very happy that what you're saying because we weren't expecting what happened we didn't prepare anything but at certain point it's it's magic just the way it it makes you feel it's the universe once again speaking to us and we have to be very careful to listen yeah I want to ask you about one more song. Kukuru Kuku Paloma. Who's the guitar player on this amazing interpretation? You, This is unlike anything I've heard of this song. Wow, that's so nice. It's me. It's me playing guitar. You know, the producer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's me with my electric guitar. You know, I didn't want to put any electric instrument on this album. I wanted to respect a lot the way all these instruments from all these genres would sound. I was telling the producer, like, let's not bring any other instrument that have nothing to do into these different types of music that we're playing in, in the album. But there was one thing that he was asking me, and I'm, I'm so happy that he did. And he was saying, please, you put your electric guitar because that's part of your universe, your music universe. And it is your universe and also what we have here with all these musicians. So why not you like just play Kukurukuku with your guitar just the way you do it in your concerts? And that way we have both. We have this very traditional instruments, but also your electric guitar and your voice. And then I wanted to have a big arrangement of Kukurukuku, and he said, no, please, let's do it. Only you and your guitar, and it'll be fine. So I think a lot Kiko Campos, because it I, I like a lot that the track is very beautiful. It's a very beautiful song. It, it's more than fine. It's It's the perfect way to end the album. It's it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite versions of all time now, and I'm not just saying that. Yeah. It's just, just perfectly executed. Natalia Laforcade, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us here on Alt Latino. You're always welcome back anytime. Uh, hopefully we can have you back and when we talk about volume two, and let's get this music out to the world because it can certainly help heal. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's, it's a big pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for all the feedback from from the album. I really appreciate it. And for me, like the best thing is to see how people enjoy music and most a piece of music just the way we did it. So thank you so much. Hasta la próxima. Hasta la próxima. Gracias y buen día. You've been listening to Alt Latino from NPR Music. I'm Felix Contreras. Thank you for listening y ten cuidado. Be safe out there. Dicen que no comía, no más se le iba en puro llorar. Dicen que no dormía, no más se le iba en puro tomar. 
Juran que el mismo cielo se estremecía al oír su llanto. Cómo sufrió por ella que hasta la muerte la fue llamando. Ay, 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 cantaba. Ay, 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 Casita sola con sus puertitas de par en par Juran que esa paloma no es otra cosa más que su alma Que todavía la espera a que regrese la desdichada Ay, qué cabrona la desdichada Cucurru, cucu Paloma Cucurru, cucu Paloma, cucur. 